And welcome back to another episode of the Double Dog Podcast. My name is Brendan D. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to break down the press conference between Harry Roseman and Nick Sirianni on Wednesday afternoon. The news that broke during the press conference. Tons to talk about in Philadelphia Eagle and no one else to do it to my man, my friend, Mr. Thomas Pierce. Thomas, how are things? Um, I guess relatively less stressful now that the Eagle season is done. Um, relatively more stressful that I'm uh, I'm basically living in a in a bunker while I'm doing this house thing. Bunkers looking good though. Um, yeah. If I turn my uh, if I turn my webcam 180 degrees, you're gonna see like um, you're gonna see uh, a very different uh, a very different sight than what's right now. We have like cement coming down the walls uh, in the basement because we just uh, put cement up in the the top floor, and there are holes that they go down. Tom, so. <laughs> oh, no. Well, at least there's progress from the picture. Was it Christmas Day? You you put the picture on Twitter of the concrete just everywhere. Oh, yeah, concrete is concrete is gone. There's no more concrete. Yeah. Concrete is gone. So yeah, that is that's in the build up phase uh finally but man old houses have so many secrets <laughs> yeah and then we were talking before like once you think there's one problem gone the next one enters yep. the conversation yep so it goes but thomas will almost be will be in his dream home nicely comfortable watching eagles games hopefully in september um oh, yeah but oh, it definitely should definitely be done in <laughs> september <laughs> why don't we talk about the squad thomas we haven't talked actually since after the bucks game um, or yeah. we haven't talked since before the Bucks game, right? We, that last episode we did was the was the preview game, and we all know how that went. We don't need to kind of dive into exactly how the playoff game went. It was a long time ago, and I know Eagles fans are over it. I'm over it. You're over it. And there's a ton of news coming out of Eagles land. So the Philadelphia Eagles retained Nick Sirianni. They hosted a press conference on Wednesday afternoon with Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. Before we get to the press conference, the biggest news that leaked – during the press conference was that Vic Fangio is parting ways with the Miami Dolphins and he is expected to become the next Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. Thomas, I'll pass the ball to you. What do you make of the news? Um, yeah, that's the guy they wanted all along last year. And for whatever reason, with the whole Jonathan Gannon early uh, talking with uh, – with the Cardinals, whatever that was all about, never happened. Um, but yeah, that's the guy they wanted all along. And I guess, I think like if you want to stick around in the Vic Fangio system, you want to get the guy himself or, so, yeah. or com- something completely different. Like, um, and and let's, I mean, looking at looking at stats and and, and pressures and 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 a lot of numbers from last year looked good. And he was a consultant last year, so he knows what. He knows what they were doing for a whole year. He knows a lot of the players, so I guess you get uh, you get continuity. You get an experienced coach. You get an experienced play caller. Um, instead of trying to find something new all the time at all the coaching positions, we're also getting a guy who was recently a head coach for the Broncos up until I believe 2021, Mm-hmm. Um, and hence, not really a not a figure that you expect to become a head coach somewhere else uh, within the near future, given his his past resume as a head coach. So maybe it's a guy you can keep around for for a bit longer than than what you would with with other defense coordinator prospect. Like say you brought in a Jesse Minter, for example. Uh, um, if he uh, somehow uh, completely turns around your defense, then. Uh, you may be in a situation where you uh, where you're losing him pretty quickly because some other team will come in to snack him up. 
yeah, this this is if you're Sirianni, you're hoping he can be your next Jim Schwartz, or right. if you, or he can be Andy Reid's Jim Johnson, right? Like from back in the day, you you want him to be a stable force on that side of the ball, and you nailed it with just the veteran presence. Like they, in my opinion, heading into the OC and DC search, I think they're you're kind of looking up the completely different ways. I think the defensive corner position, you want a veteran guy who Sirianni doesn't have to meddle in with or go talk to every day to figure out if everything's still on track you you want a defense coordinator you can trust and just pass the defense to him like like Doug Pearson did with Jim Schwartz and say take the side of the ball it's yours deal with it come out come talk to me if you got any issues and I think that's exactly what the Eagles need on the on defensive coordinator and on the offensive coordinator side of the things I think you should go younger more adaptive and kind of the complete opposite of the of what we just talked about the defensive coordinator so I think that is very important. And you brought up um, the fact that he's always wanted to, that the Eagles always wanted him. He should have been the defensive coordinator last year. Like that was the guy. And they, he slipped away because Jonathan Gannon took the, took the meeting in Arizona too late. By the time they kind of already got their shit together, looking for a new defensive coordinator. He was already talking about going to Miami. I think the Eagles actually did try to get him. I think they tried to offer him like more money. To not go to Miami, I think he already had a deal in place, and then they he just said, "No, I'm already still going there." So, this this is a I think this is a huge win for the Eagles to get. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they get they, they get the guy they wanted all along. Yeah, and this is how it should have been last year, I guess. Um, it's also it's a good thing that it didn't happen like that. That there weren't more um, more seasons in between that they finally got him because I mean, you would imagine he still has some of the uh, some of the things that they did last year in recent memory and some of the players around there, the foot like has an idea what to do. And they didn't completely switch around from one type defense to another. Like they still have personnel to do what, 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 what Fancher likes to do and, and run that three, four. Uh, although I, I'd imagine that he runs, um, he wants better linebackers. He's not gonna, he's not gonna yeah. want to uh, run his, uh, his strict, like his strict three, four um, with, with guys that can't, uh, that can't defend the run. Yeah. I was actually diving into some of Fangio's kind of, uh, like just defensive traits, like what is the Fangio defense? Everyone kind of has a base to it, like boxes. It's a lot of two, four, five, and three, four, right? Like that—that's the defense that he's going to run. That's those, those are the two most common personnel groupings that he has. He relies heavily on safeties. Like that—that that is a position that they're going to need to upgrade. And I'm sure Fangio, one of the first things he's telling Howie and Nick when he's accepting the job is. At safety room and cutting it. Like we, we need to upgrade that position. Um, because basically, like the the typical like what the Fangio defense is, is it's basically designed to counteract the Shanahan style offenses and Sean McVay style offenses, which is what like I think like close to 50% of the league is almost running at this point. When the quarterback turns his back to the defense to, to run the play action pass, the safeties move around and, and they go from two hot shells to one hot shell and, and then they dis- they disguise coverages. So I think the personnel is going to be huge. Like that, that is a given with any defense, but especially at safety. Like I, I, I highly doubt Kevin Byard is coming back with uh, the Eagles can cut him and save about $14 million. You're probably looking at a new starting safety and they'll probably add some competition in there, like as well. But like they're not, you can't rely on Sidney Brown to be a starting safety, even though he's probably won't be back till October, November. So there's going to be a lot of personnel things that need to be to hashed out to see how good this defense can be. But Fangio, like to think every other team is trying to copy, everyone in the league is trying to copy this guy. Like you know he's a good defensive mind when people are trying to steal his stuff. 
right? Like yeah. a lot of Eagles fans I saw on Twitter were kind of upset. Like I, I don't want to, I want to get away from the Fangio style defense. Like I get that. Like I get there's kind of some brain drain to it. We we've seen it kind of fail here with. I don't know if Gannon really failed at it definitely in the Super Bowl. Like that defense did not help in the Super Bowl. Eagles had a pretty good defense throughout the year. They couldn't really handle good quarterbacks. That was kind of Gannon's downfall. And then last year, Sean Desai, who was a Fangio disciple when he was the defensive coordinator in Chicago, that defense also didn't work. And then Matt Patricia did whatever he did. So I get the kind of this being sick and tired of the style of defense, but getting the man himself is pretty important. Yeah, definitely. And I think we also need to make up our minds and what we actually look for here, because we're not just going to get some high flying type coordinator that feels that checks off all the boxes. And I think we all agree that it would be great to have a, a more veteran presence in there to, um, to like, not just coming in with, 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 um, uh, a completely, um, young mind, so to say, like you haven't been in the game before, haven't been in the situations before, but, um, yeah, we can't have, we can't have everything. And Vic Fangio's success is is undeniable in the NFL, especially like like since 2011. So he's been a defensive coordinator or a head coach 12 seasons out of the last 13 years since 2011. He has produced eight top 10 scoring defenses in those 12 years. That's really impressive. So 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2021. All top 10 scoring defenses. Four of those times, they were top five scoring defenses. The production speaks for itself. And last year in Miami, they were ravaged by injuries. And he was still able to produce a pretty good unit. The, from They especially came on down the stretch. From week eight on, the defense ranked seventh in success rate, eighth in EPA per play, and they averaged 20.4 points, 20 .4 points per game allowed. And that number skewed because they got their butts kicked by the Baltimore Ravens in week 17, I think that was. Um, that kind of that 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 gave Baltimore the number one seed in the AFC. So take away that Bill, one Bill's game. game was also Bill's game was also rough for them. Yeah, there there was uh there was like they 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 struggled to stop Josh Allen. Every team struggles to stop Josh Allen. It's not an easy guy to uh to kind of hold down. So I really like this move. I I'm fired up. Um for Eagles fans and myself, I, I, I think this kind of saved the uh, the unwariness of the of the press conference and and kind of the vibes around it and the vibes around the team. Like I think there's a real good shot that the defense can turn around with him. Yeah, especially, I mean, we'd hope so, right? Yeah, especially with the other candidates around. Like I really like the offensive coordinator candidates, which we're going to dive into later uh, around the league. The defensive coordinator candidates, not so much. Like, I was talking to myself into Ron Rivera, and, like, the commanders had the 32nd range. I mean, it's kind of the defense. same thing, right? Like, uh, like former head coach who doesn't pan out anymore, and, and but but you see what 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 ex-coach has done as a um, as a defensive coordinator before. I mean, that's kind of the same thing you're banking on with Rick Fancho. You look at his, his Denver years, not exactly great. Like, they're provided um middling defenses a little bit there uh, for for the stretch when he was a head coach but then you go back to his defensive coordinator days and it, it's much much better you can kind of go the same thing with with ron rivera although he has more years as a head coach where he still produced pretty good defenses there so it's it's kind of the same vein it's just like what what type of guy do you want more and at this point i mean given his recent um uh, cooperation with the eagles it makes a lot more sense with a with Vic Fangio than it does with with um, Rivera. And 
like like I just back to like his success as defensive coordinator, like all like he the success that the teams have had or the the defense have had with him. That run that he had with the San Francisco 49ers from 2011 to 2014 is one of the best runs a defensive coordinator has ever had. Now, he had Patrick Willis and other star players in San Francisco. He won't have that in Philly. But like even, even the Denver Broncos, like the year he got fired from Denver, Denver allowed the second least amount of points in the league. So like yeah. the defense wasn't his problem in Denver. It was the offensive side of the ball. They couldn't, they, they couldn't figure out the quarterback position since Peyton Manning left. So yeah. like there's – so, like even to the times when he wasn't successful as head coach in Denver, there, there's reasons to it. So, um, I, again, Eagles fans should be fired up, man. This is an awesome hire. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a really good start in trying to you know revitalize, especially a defense that's been god awful, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, like they to were the, the they were the worst defense in the league down the stretch, Thomas. Thirtieth in EPA per play yeah. when Matt Patricia took over, it, it was ugly. So they, they needed that veteran. They needed that veteran presence. I think Vic Fangio provides that. Okay. Anything else on Vic Fangio? No, I was trying to. I was trying to see if I could filter out um, their their games against uh, against Buffalo and and Baltimore, and then see uh, then see how it looks. I mean, just to go back on that, like making making really really good like good players can be good players like uh, a a um a josh allen can have a uh, can have a terrific day and you can go up against uh lamar jackson who nobody can stop but then you're also like second time around when they meet buffalo they still lose the game but they only give up like you give up 21 points in in instead of 48 points it's a divisional uh divisional opponent but then you also go back in some of the other games like they didn't make sam howell look like a complete uh, superstar yeah like they didn't make uh they didn't make mac jones look like uh like the the second coming of, of, of tom brady um so i think um yeah they what he shot out the Jets, I think, wasn't that the only shutout of the year as well? Like, yeah, I think you're right. And like, remember the the game in Germany? So that was after the the, the game in Germany against the the Kansas City Chiefs. The, they shut out the Chiefs in the second half. The Dolphins defense dominated right. that game. They gave the offense a chance to come back in it. And then I think they had their bye week after that. And then they kind of went on a little bit of a heater. They they only allowed 13 points against the Raiders, 13 points against the Jets, 15 points against the Commanders. They lost that Tennessee Titans game on Thursday night. Um, yeah, I think some of the Dolphins fans when they when they uh, when I was like looking at what what the reaction was to the Miami Dolphins fan base and whatnot, they always point to that that kind of fourth quarter collapse against the Titans. But then after that, they shut out the Jets. They the Cowboys struggled mightily with that defense. You remember that? I think that was Christmas Eve, I believe, right? Yeah, um, right. they, where they beat the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys could not could not solve. That was one of Dak Prescott's worst games of the year. So. Um, I do, I do think this like I, 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 it's a positive hire. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think this is the best possible outcome that Eagles fans could have imagined. But there is some downside to this. Um, like there's negative aspects. Like I could definitely see Fangio and Nick Sirianni clashing if things go wrong. What, what I, I can't even imagine like Sirianni trying to tell Fangio what to do. You know, like, no, that, in the but I also think that's. I also think that's. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like it makes everything a lot clearer to the players and to Howie Roseman and 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 so on about what the what what the problem is. Like Sirianni is going to be on on a really short leash in the oh, in, yeah. uh, next year, and so if, if there are clashes happening, I mean you have back to back years of I don't want to say disasters with the personnel, but like 
bad situations and that just tells them what they need to know more more than not i mean uh, let me just go back uh real quick here to to that stretch in between the in between the bills game which was in week four and the uh the ravens game in week 17 so between week four and week 16 the dolphins were the sixth best epa per play defense in the nfl um mm-hmm. So with a ton of injuries, Thomas, they were ravaged by injuries. You had yeah, Bradley they were the fifth best down. in terms of like uh, offensive success rate against them. So yeah, that's they, pretty they good. Were, yeah, and like again, this is this was just last year. This is recent success. Like, and, right. and I just brought up the eight of twelve seasons where you had a lot of the top ten scoring defense. So like, this is like I, I again, I looking at the candidates out there. I think this was just the best guy to come in. And, yeah, yeah I think they, the, the Sirianni and Fangio could clash. Um, Fangio is a no-nonsense kind of guy. Uh, but then again, he, though, they worked together last last year. So Fangio is yeah. also – he knows what he's going into. Like, if he was, if he didn't want to work with Nick, he he wouldn't have taken the job if he was sure. being asked. So I think we're also – I mean, we can give a little bit of credit to Nick Sirianni there as well. I know he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of smack, especially from me also, because I, I I don't think he deserves the head coaching job anymore. But that, that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I think it's we, we have to give credit in that in that he wants to come back and that that Vic Fangio does want to work with the team. Um, yeah. And uh, Fangio, when he was a consultant with Eagles, he was actually on the offensive side of the ball. So they were really close together. Like he was consulting Sirianni Steichen on how to, to dissect the Chiefs' defense in the Super Bowl. Like it was, it wasn't like he was consulting Gannon. He was consulting the offense, right? So um, I think that's also important to remember. If people are going, oh, he was a consultant, they they got smoked in the Super Bowl. He wasn't yeah. on that side of the ball. And also, just to circle over, just to make sure, because when I say that they were the the fifth best defense in the nfl when you take away their bad games obviously that's a very biased way to do a select yeah. game but then again if you take a if, if you take the Eagles season for example you take the eagles defense you can't take out exactly you if you take out 10 games they're still the worst if you take out five they're still the worst i mean it's it just goes it just gets worse and worse no matter how many games you take out yeah they, this is the denver broncos allowing 70 points and then playing well after that like the eagles had 49ers cowboys Washington Commanders twice, right? Like they they really struggled in multiple yeah. different games. Like like you said, they they made Mac Jones look good in Week One. They made Sam Howell look really good. So there 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 wasn't that that just that one game. It was a micro. It was the entire picture. So Vic Fangio, I I think Eagles fans should definitely be excited about this one. Okay, Thomas, there was a press conference that went down. Let's talk about it. Uh, did you watch it live? I watched uh, I watched clips of it live. Um, I had just got done with a twelve hour day of uh, of, of driving concrete to uh, uh, what do they call the Do they have what do they call them in English? Uh, the the big squares where you sort your trash into different like you can go there with concrete. You put concrete here, plastic here, blah blah blah. What what's like it a called? Dump? It's basically like a, dump? a dump. Yeah, but yeah. it's like a a sorting dump <laughs> where you sort all your trash into categories and they kind of you know recycle all that stuff Anyways, yeah i just got done like 12 hours of just driving concrete like i, I had i had i drove like 25 trailer fulls of, of concrete the entire day so when i got home i watched some of the uh, the press conference on uh, while i kind of slept a little bit but yeah i woke <laughs> up a little and then i watched some and i fell asleep but i watched some but yeah no um yeah i watched a little bit of it 
They were and late. I rewatched it, so I know exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, I've watched it twice just in case I, w- I missed anything. They were late to the presser. I thought that was pretty funny. That was on brand because we were talking yesterday. I had to work. Men- I had to work the night shift, and we're going like we're trying to schedule a podcast before the shift. And I'm going, they're like they they scheduled it at two thirty, and I knew I said they're gonna probably start at two forty five. It didn't end up starting till three. They were thirty minutes late. Now this yeah. could have been due to the Fangio stuff, right? Like they they the probably news leaked. Yeah, so that could have been that. They were probably with uh with their so not social media department their um why is the word blanket up like the 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 department that teaches you how to speak at the podium why is this blanking on me pr pr department yes thank you thomas um that they were definitely probably going over what they're going to say and whatnot so i thought it was very on brand that they were late to the press conference but um i guess again i'll pass the ball over to you give me some of your takeaways from what you heard from howie and nick yeah, so um, a lot of um, a lot of useless talk, I'd say, a lot of motivational rah rah, not the way we wanted to finish the season. Then referring to recent success and how they wouldn't overreact to what's going on now, blah blah blah. I think the the things that we can really use from the press card, for at least some of the things that we can really take away, is that Nick Sirianni is not uh, is not in charge of the offense anymore. Um, they put it as as mildly as possible that Nick Sirianni is not going to be involved with that. Uh, it said it's going to be our offense instead of it's going to be Nick Sirianni's offense. He said very clearly throughout the season, this is my offense, when Brian Johnson was getting criticized. And they're using the excuse that they're bringing in fresh ideas and they'll mix and match it with what's been working over the last, uh, over the last three years for the Eagles. Sure. I mean, if you're going to say something diplomatic and not totally put Nick Sirianni under the bus, I mean, that's a good way to put it um, from them. But yeah, what they essentially were saying is that uh, Nick Sirianni is is not going to be in charge of neither the offense nor the defense. He's going to be, I guess, a consulting head coach and overview things. And we'll see. Um, so it we'll makes get it. We'll up- get it to see if that can work. We'll, 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 it we'll makes the offensive coordinator hire that much more important, but yes. I also think that it makes it that much more attractive because if you're selling to offensive coordinators, well, this is this job you're going to have to work with Nick Sirianni, and you saw how Brian Johnson is being completely buried by the fan base because of the ineffectiveness of the offense. Then you're like, okay, I can do this my way. I can. This is my offense. They can sell it that way to them. And it's like you 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 have it completely your way. You'll be in touch with Nick Sirianni with Howie Roseman in terms of what kind of personnel you need. And offensive coordinators want to be head coaches. Um, so this is a very very direct line to becoming that. With the recent offensive success and the numbers that the Eagles have had, you're taking on a uh, super talented young offense. This is a dream job for offensive coordinators if that's the way it's being sold to two coaches yeah you got jalen hurts aj brown devonta smith basically a top five to seven offensive line and you have the play calling potential here like nick Sirianni's not calling plays that is huge like there's for instance like the the cincinnati bengals just uh brian callahan their old offensive coordinator which is hired to the tennessee titans their quarterbacks coach dan pitcher just took the job from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator and me, we were at work going, like, why would you do that? Because you're not calling plays in Cincinnati, right? Like, I know Brian Callahan did get a head coaching job, but it took a couple years. Like, he was the longest-lasting offensive coordinator in the league before he got hired to, to, to Tennessee. Like, being that offensive play caller is so big to teams. They want to see that history of calling plays. So, 
like you mentioned, like this becomes so attractive to other potential offense coordinators because you have full control of the offense and you have the potential being off the play car with all that talent. Thomas, they used the word fresh ideas four times in this press conference. I counted. Do you think that Lurie and Howie Roseman were telling Nick Sirianni that in their meetings over the week? Because that, like to say fresh ideas four times is not a coincidence. This was something that was drilled in Nick Sirianni's head. Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, They also, uh, Nick Sirianni called the offense stale. Which I thought was interesting because they never they never described the offense like that uh, throughout the year. Like they were very stubborn. Um, you can obviously tell they were stubborn because they never changed anything. But even at the press conference, they were very just confident in themselves that they could fix this without making changes. And clearly, that was not the right case, and they they were in over their heads there. And I, I thought it was very interesting that he had the kind of I guess conas to call his offense stale. Yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, I think, well, um, yeah, but but I mean, it's also true though. <laughs> it, it, no, hundred percent it was like they, this is they needed to look in the mirror and realize that. And like it's funny, like the ten, like the tone from Sirianni's press conferences throughout like the last five, six, seven weeks to this is like when a when a kid gets when a kid gets punished at, at elementary school, <laughs> like <laughs> like literally, like that. That's what like you could. I'm not gonna lie, Thomas. He looked kind of scared up there. Yeah, like, I think it was looked- uh, it was it was funny. Uh, it was a funny question when like, what are you doing here? Like, yeah. like <laughs> basically, what is your job? Oh my god! An Eagles reporter just roasted Sirianni. Basically, go like, what? Are you, what? Are you, what's the purpose here? It's what we all. It's 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 obviously it's what we all ask um, as well. But like, if you. How many times do you think Mike Rabel has been asked that? No head coach in NFL history has ever been asked, like, what are you doing here? So what what do you do? <laughs> oh my god. That was the best. I audibly laughed. That was uh, that was actually Tim McManus of ESPN, who's been around the team forever. Like this is a, and he's very he's usually actually on the Eagles side. He's more of like uh an apologist to this team. So for him to kind of ask that, I thought it was very interesting. Um, so I thought that was a good takeaway. What other takeaways I got written down here? Nicobe Dean and, and Zach Cunningham getting name drops at linebacker. So Howie was asked if he's like doesn't invest enough in the linebacker position, and he basically said he did invest in line, does invest in linebacker position was an absolute lie. I was kind of frustrated with that comment, and then he brought up Nicobe Dean like right away and said like we were hope like we still think he's a good player and whatnot, and then um. He brought up how Zach Cunningham had a great year, which I guess like he was the best linebacker on the team, but not which a very like high bar. He's terrible. Yeah, which is not a very high bar to pass at all. Um, and the one other funny thing at the beginning of the press conference when they said that Nick Howie Roseman just goes, "I gotta let you guys know why we were uh, why we were uh, doing this a week later." We took the Tuesday off. The snowstorm came on Wednesday. Like, okay, Howie, like, you don't need to explain this. I don't think a snowstorm delayed your press conference five, six days after everyone else. Like, the Pittsburgh Steelers had their press conference on Thursday of last week, Thomas, a week ago. The Los Angeles Rams had their press conferences on Wednesday. Like, two, four, three days after, the Eagles took an extra five days. It wasn't because of a freaking snowstorm, Howie. I thought that was very funny. Yeah, that's funny. 
Do you have any other funny takeaways before we kind of get more serious? I we're on that kind of track right now. I thought the whole press conference, like there was there was a couple, uh, like I already listed a couple of them. The 25-year-old Jalen Hurts comment. Did you grab that one? When no. so they asked, they asked uh like how much input does Jalen Hurts have in Brian Johnson leaving? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, and he goes, Jalen Hurts is just a kid. He's only a 25-year-old. He's only 25 years old. He shouldn't like he shouldn't be worrying about the stuff. It's like Okay, Jalen Hurts is 25. Doesn't mean you have to treat him like a baby. He's obviously only 25, but yet you paid him 250 billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and like you and Jeffrey Lurie, I'm pretty sure has had comments like calling him the most mature, like 25 year old, or it might have been like when he was 23 or 24 years old. Like he's the most mature young guy we know. It's like okay, so if you say that, I'm pretty sure he should have be allowed to have input on if his offensive coordinator is gone, who he's known since he was four years old. So thought that was also funny. Yeah. Um. I do want to talk about the Matt Patricia thing because that was actually brought up. Um, so someone asked Howie Roseman how um, how the whole Matt Patricia, Nick Sean Desai situation went down. They said, or Howie said, that Nick came to him and said, here's what I'm thinking. This is my idea. I'm going to demote Sean Desai, move Matt Patricia to defensive coordinator. And I trusted him and I let him do it. Do you buy that? No, I don't either. I thought that was a flat out lie. Yeah, I think it's it's. Uh, uh, I think it's something they try to do to make sure that uh, doesn't seem like Nick Sirianni is losing face. I think what happened is they brought the the idea up to Sirianni maybe weeks in before that, like at some point during the season, maybe after the Washington Commanders game when they that shootout game. Um, what I'm trying to think of other bad defensive performances mixed in there, but I think when it kind of got out of hand after the 49ers game and the Dallas Cowboys game, that's when Sirianni said, hey, remember that thing that Howie and Lurie told me that I could do where I could demote Sean Desai and bring him out? Sure, let's do that. I think that's how it kind of went down. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, okay. What else? Um, did you notice when Harry Roseman uh, Harry Roseman and I do like, he's like, I'm going to take a question here. When Nick Sirianni was answering yeah. a bunch of questions and he started rambling, I was like, no, give me one. Give me one. Like, it almost like they're it sounded it, like again. It looked like a, a child, like in trouble, like in, in, in getting grounded, or like I don't know. The whole vibe of it was off. Like just the way the the dynamic is. Yeah, it. I don't want to speculate too much, but it looked like um, it. It really did look like an organization trying to save face, not 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 firing a, a head coach after three playoff trips. Like yep. they know that. Howie also knows that he, at some point, he's going to run out of of head coaching cycles. Um, like it's absurd that he even had four different head coaching fires while he's been the GM of a team. Like usually, those those two go together. Um, so I also think he knows that he can't have too many more changes until Lurie, you know, also kind of looks in the direction of uh, of High Roseman. So. It could be a uh, it could be a situation where they're kind of looking to to not uh, not lose face as a franchise. All right, let's talk about Sirianni's role here. Do you have confidence in Nick Sirianni going forward after what you saw? Not in Nick Sirianni, but depending on who was going to be the 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 coordinators, I think it was going to be more. It's going to be more on up to them, which is a weird situation to be in because. Usually you go like, all right, if you get a offensive-minded head coach, then he takes care of the offense. If you get a defensive-minded head coach, he takes care of the defense. So we have one of them set, and then you're going to 
coordinate, rotate to fix the other part. Now you're going to be doing that on both sides of the ball because if the Eagles offense look good this year and the offensive coordinator gets hired for a head coaching job, then you're back, you're like, okay, so we can't now we're back to square one because we can't trust Sirianni with this stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy though. Like, I don't think this is specifically an Eagles problem. It's an NFL problem. I don't know if you saw this tweet. I was blown away by it. I quote tweet, I'm like, what the fuck? Every single offensive coordinator in the NFL has been replaced since 2022 in two years. Yeah. So this is like not just like an Eagles issue. Like every team has had their offensive coordinator poached at some point, either fired because they did bad or because they were hired to head coach or moved on somewhere else or whatever the case may be. Eric Bieniemy moving from Kansas City to to Washington, the lateral, whatever the, whatever happened there. But in general, like it's not just going to be a Philadelphia Eagles problem going forward where if your offensive coordinator does well, he will leave. That's just the way the league is now. So like, I, I don't want to put too much on that. Like going like, what have the Eagles done? This is not a good way to run your franchise. Look at the look at the two two of the teams in the in the out of the four teams remaining right now. The Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions have CEO style head coaches, right? Dan Campbell and he's got Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn around him, who are two tremendous coordinators. Ben Johnson's going to get a head coaching job this year, and then John Harbaugh, who has two awesome coordinators around him, and Todd Munkin and Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald's probably going to get a head head coaching job as well uh, through the cycle. So like, I don't, I think this can work. However, do I think it's more likely that it doesn't? Probably. Is that how yeah. you feel? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's uh, I think you, you hit it about right. Cause I, 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 I'll be honest. I was like already looking to 2025, like a week and a half ago. Like yeah. I had little confidence in this team. Um, just like again, ten days ago, after that Bucks loss, like it looked so bad, they didn't fire Nick Sirianni, which I think was still probably the best course of uh, case uh, or course of action. Like if you if you were to ask me what they should have done, I would have fired Nick Sirianni. And I think you're in the same boat, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so so I, I do think like this can work. However, this is probably not the way I would have gone. Like I, I don't know how good of a motivator Nick Sirianni is after the last seven games, right? Like. They were, of course, how we brought up that they were 20. You knew you were going to get this. I, I don't know if you caught this, but they flexed the record. Yeah. Right. Like they said, I, I have the exact quote here. I'm not diminishing the one and six stretch at the end, but we were 26 and five over the last 31 games. That's four times the amount of games that we played over this stretch. This is hard to do in the National Football League. Like, yeah, but the one and six was such a disaster where like every, that 26 and five doesn't matter anymore. So you can't like you are diminishing that Howie when you do say that and you're making it seem like fans don't remember that we do we remember the success and that's why this looks so bad like they were the literally the worst team in the NFL down the stretch in my opinion the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles yeah like I I think the Panthers would have been the only team I was confident the Eagles were going to beat if they played down in, in week 18 are, do you agree like I, I can't mean, think of one other team Bucks, Bucks played them close <laughs> yeah, but the Bucks smoked them. Like you know what I mean? Like we, I, we, oh, yeah, I, the, spent... the Bucks played the the the, the, the Panthers. Panthers like yeah. yeah, exactly. The Panthers probably could have beat the Eagles. Like Bryce Young might have had like a, a store game, right? Like it got so bad where it, I get, like I get where how he's going. Like we're twenty six and five and whatnot. But again, like it was such a disaster at the end. So like I, I'm looking forward to this. Like I'm looking forward to this kind of news, this new 
structure of the Eagles right now, like with Sirianni as the CEO, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator. I think it can work. But again, like there is a very likely scenario that Nick Sirianni is not back as a head coach next year in 2025. Like there, he is as on the hot seat as a coach can be. That, yeah, they have to produce big time. Like it has to be a really, really good season. Otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you gone. What What do you think it would take? Like, do you think if they make the wild card round at ten and seven, nine and eight, and then lose, you think he would get fired? Playoff win, playoff win is is playoff a must. Win. I think if they make the playoffs and they get smoked again, he's out. Like same. Let's say they go ten and seven, lose in the wild card round. You think he would be out? Yeah, I think he's gone. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I, I think the leash is as short as it can possibly be. Um, how do you think the How do you think the uh, the end of the the end of the year meetings went? How do you think it all went down over the last week? Yeah, I think it basically it was. Um, <clears throat> I think Sirianni had to agree to let Howie and Laurie take on the the coordinating hiring process, and basically be told that we're 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 taking away your role of the offense and we're we're going to be heavily involved in in uh, in selecting who the offense coordinator is going to be so you, do you think nick has any say in who they're hiring next or not no. any say but no so i you think it's going to be very i think it's got to be in the meetings but i don't think he's going to be making the call yeah i think i agree with you so i, I think it kind of here's how i think it went down i think nick sirianni probably went in and said i'm sorry this, this was bad I know I can fix this. And Howard Learn said, yeah, that's fine and dandy. Well, here's what's going to go down. We're, we're going to – you got to let go of your coordinators. Because, like, Brian Johnson, right, like, they were together since 2021, Nick and Brian, right? Like, they were close friends. Yeah. They were every day in the building together, right? Like, he's basically family at that point. Like, you're – you're he's, he's a brother to you if you're working and seeing each other all that much. It's like, I get – Nick Sirianni probably didn't want to fire Brian Johnson. I think Howie and Lurie pulled that trigger. Yeah. I think, right. I, I, I think Nick was probably too stubborn to go like I or not stub or was stubborn enough to go like I think I can fix this with Brian Johnson. Howie Larry said, No, 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 no. That's not that's not that's not how this is gonna roll. I'm not I'm not around here, partners. So um I'm uh I would again I would love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings. I, I'm still so curious. I wish they were filmed, I wish they were live broadcasted. Those like <laughs> he's still entertaining. Um, okay, do anything else on the Sirianni? CEO style head coach. We had, the Eagles haven't had this kind of style in a ever, right? Like in our history, in my history as a fan, Andy Reid was calling the shots on offense when I when I was growing up. Chip Kelly was next. He was calling the shots on offense, of course. He called the shots in the building, basically at the end of it. Doug Peterson called the shots on offense. Nick Sirianni was the offensive play caller, but it was his offense. It's like this is a new kind of version of the Eagles. Let's finish it off with the offensive coordinator, Thomas. The Eagles uh, have, a, again, an open offensive coordinator role. So I think this is a very, very important hire. You brought up the topic. This is more important than defensive coordinator, in my, in my opinion. The, uh, the Eagles, if they're going to have success and win football games down with Jalen Hurts, they're going to need a top five offense. If they want to win the Super Bowl, they're going to need a top five offense. That's how this is going to roll with how the team's built. So, Thomas, who is your leading candidate? To become the Eagles' next offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think you kind of hit uh, hit the hit the um, nail head here with uh, with uh, Zach Robinson. Like, I think he's uh, he's one of the more intriguing guys to to bring in. Like, get some fresh ideas off of the Sean McVay uh, coaching tree here. A lot of motion, got a lot of uh, a lot of misdirection, a lot of things that Eagles haven't had in a long time. Um, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is uh, is the guy is the guy they expressed uh, confidence in. 
I also know the um, I mean, uh, Jared Johnson is a guy they uh, they've interviewed. Now we'll see. I mean, he probably is going to go with Bobby Slowick uh, to. I think there's. I, I don't think he goes with Bobby Slowick. I think there's a chance like he gets promoted to Bobby Slowick's role, right? Like Bobby Slowick, I think is going to get a head coaching job, and yeah. then I think D'Amico will probably want him to take over Bobby Slowick's job. Yeah, either that or or Slowick is going to ask him to become an offensive coordinator. With I mean, That's either fair. way, it, it yeah might become might be be retained um, one way or the other. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not I'm not quite sure. I, I think. I think Eric Bieniemy has got. He's kind of that uh, that wild card, and that he's in Washington where they're looking for a new head coach, and he's not getting any head coaching interviews. And we don't know if the new head coach there wants to keep Eric Bieniemy. And we also know that they interviewed Bieniemy uh, as the only team, um, apparently. I think what he did with Washington's offense, with the limited capacity that they have, and with Tim Howell's quarterback, I think was impressive. And like he comes from a. Uh, for, obviously from the Andy Reid uh, tree there, so familiar with uh, with Harry Roseman. Um, I think that's an intriguing name as well. Uh, who do you have? So I love Zach Robinson. I, I think that's the guy that I would make a phone call to. I'm, I, I'm pretty sh- – I'm assuming Howie and Nick have made the phone call to Zach Robinson. Like if you're having an offensive coordinator search, I think he's the guy. He's worked on a Sean McVay for the last five years as a pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. I – I personally want someone from the Shanahan McVay tree. Like, I, I think this is the way the league is going. I think Jalen Hurts needs to go under center more. I think Jalen Hurts needs to run some more play action. I think Jalen Hurts needs to start attacking in the middle of the field. I think you basically need to do the exact opposite of what you did last year, right? Like, that. I think you need to overcorrect this. And I think going to the Shanahan tree, because the Eagles were basically a power spread offense last year. Like, that is yeah. not the way the league is right now at all. Um, like they, what I, one of the things that I realized, Thomas, and I'm assuming you noticed this when they, when you were watching film, the run game was so disjointed and they ran the same run plays over and over and over again, because they never ran outside zone because they never could get to the edges. That's not the, that wasn't the, that was out of shotgun. It's very hard to run outside zone and get to the edges. And they never they, they it was just straight power inside runs. DeAndre Swift run into a four yard gap. Like there was no explosive runs at all with this offense. And I really think to get more explosive runs, potentially you want to go under center more. Like they were efficient running the ball, but they never got that explosive run. Like I think what was DeAndre Swift's longest run? Like 35 yards, something like that. I think Gainwell had like a 35 yard run or something, too. So like not even just the passing game. Like I really think bringing in a Shanahan McVay style guy can help run, can help just kind of save the run game as well. So Zach Robbins is my guy. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. Like I think he's a hot commodity. I think basically every single team is going to be calling him. So it might be a hard guy to get, but I think he's one. Eric Bieniemy, uh, you brought up. He he's done such a good job with Sam Howell. So I really like him as well. And I think you have to talk to him. Like if, if you're going to have an offensive coordinator opening, Eric Bannemi should be one of the guys you, you call draw Johnson intrigues me as well. He had, uh, he had ties to Sean, uh, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. He was a, I think he was an offensive consultant or a court or passing court. I can't remember exact title there in San Francisco, but he was there. And then he worked under Nick Sirianni Indianapolis as well. So I think that's kind of interesting. So he, he has some familiarity, familiarity with Nick Sirianni. And then of course what he did in Houston, Let's have the Cliff Kingsbury discussion, Thomas, because I think this would be a disaster. Yeah, I think it's going to be just more of the same. Uh, no misdirections, no motions, a lot of shotgun. 
very simplistic style offense. I like at, at, when I first saw it, I was kind of intrigued by. It. I'm like, okay, like he, he DeAndre Hopkins played well, Kyle Murray played well. When you like zone in on Arizona's problems on offense, literally the exact same thing that he struggled with. Yeah. Kyler Murray gets blitzed. Kyler Murray bail, bails from the pocket. There, yeah. There's no creative routes and stuff like that. So, yeah, you don't really have an offensive scheme to kind of get away from the blitzes and, you know, yep. figure that stuff out. It was literally exactly what the Eagles ran into. So, I don't, I would be shocked if the Eagles bring uh, Kyle Cliff Kingsbury. Like, I think they just wanted to see and talk to him. I don't think he's a legit candidate, but. He's only one of two guys that they've interviewed, so we'll see. But I, I, that's the one guy I would be pretty, pretty disappointed in. Um, do you have any other candidates that you're eyeing? What What do you make about Arthur Smith, potentially? Do you think the Eagles? Because Diana Rossini throughout the teams are interested in Colin. So I think the Eagles are probably one of those teams. He impressed – the Eagles interviewed him during the last head coaching cycle, right, when Nick Sirianni was hired. So they, they know him. What, what do you make of him? Maybe. I mean, it's one of those guys where I mean, he did a really good job of as an offensive coordinator, um, but head coaching role was was obviously not idea for him. I don't like how he he distributed pl- uh, plays with, with the Falcons. Like, are you ready hey, for Clark Walken getting over AJ Brown targets? <laughs> exactly. That that will be will be the nightmare scenario. Like, Kenny Gainwell is going to out snap uh, DeAndre Swift like a million times like, if those two guys are even on the team. But yeah, something like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, he's he's kind of intriguing, but uh, he would bring like the the offense. He's he zigged when the league zagged. Like he he runs like a under center play action style, get deep balls. Like he's not the modern offense. But so I I kind of I, don't know, I think he would be intriguing. But again, I, I don't want uh, I don't want Boston Scott and Quez Watkins getting more targets than AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Some other coordinate, some other candidates to keep your eye on. Alex Ampel from the Cleveland Browns, who was let go. I think they'll probably want to talk to him. I think they're probably going to want to talk to Kellen Moore as well. I think they're going to give him a call and see what he's up to. He was the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Chargers. Clint Kubiak, I think he's a guy that they're going to want to talk to as well. Uh, he's kind of, he's of course, uh, Gary Kubiak's son, one of the best offensive minds this league has ever seen, and people are still copying his ideas. And I think... Jim Bob Cooter's probably going to get a look as well, who is the ops coordinator in Indianapolis, who I would not want as well. He's kind of failed ever since that one masterful <laughs> season with the Detroit Lions. Any other candidates you want to throw out there quickly? Now nah, we'll, we'll get some more interviews uh, uh, officialized here so we can so we can talk about some more guys here. All right, I think that's all we got. Anything else you want to throw out there? Anything else in your mind about the Philadelphia Eagles? Nothing. I mean, it's it's a transition phase for sure. It's kind of interesting to follow, really, and despite how 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 like um, how null the season was to finish. Like you just you just waited for the season to, to end, basically. Like even the Giants game that they won just felt like a disaster, and every other week that they that they played here in the last seven weeks was just terrible. So I I turned off at least some point in the fourth quarter four games this year. I yeah. don't think I've ever done that in an Eagles nope. season. Nope. Cowboys, 49ers, Giants game, and the Bucks game to finish the year. Yeah. I, I did I've, not watch the end. I've never seen a playoff game and be less invested. Like, yep. of all the Same. playoff games that were played this week, uh, in the wildcard game, Eagles was the, the game I was least into. Of all the other games, like, mm-hmm. didn't matter who was playing. And it's funny, like, I, I picked the Eagles to win on our preview show. As it went on, as the, the, the week went on on a Monday, I just had little confidence that it was going to happen. 
So yeah, I, I think like, are you are you kind of bought back in a little bit? Like, I, I think the juices are flowing a little bit more. We'll always get bought back in the office. Yeah, no we'll what. be ready for when September comes around. I can't wait to see who they hired off at the coordinator. This is going to be like again it's such an important hire and very intriguing. I think that's when we'll probably meet next is when the Eagles bring it off at the corner. So make sure to hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, you name it. We are there. Make sure to check out our sponsors, BetterHelp and Manscaped, and we will talk to you later.